On this week's episode, we go savage for Zootopia. Is this a buddy cop movie or a bunny cop movie? What's more to die for, night howlers or those blueberries? And it's night? Find out now, you're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. I'm your host, Robert Spivak Borges, and welcome to the podcast that roasts the films we love the most. And uh, this week, uh, we're celebrating the dog days of summer with Ugh. the animalist movie, We Could Find Zootopia, everybody, from 2016, a <laughs> uh, Disney animated film starring Jason Bateman and a rabbit. <laughs> I don't remember. I always forget Jennifer who plays. Okay. <laughs> I just forget who did her voice. An actual live rabbit. That would have been great. It's just Roger Rabbit. I'd still watch that movie. Jason Bateman. Um, Everybody, yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, I hope uh, your summers are not too hot. But, um, yeah, uh, as always, I guess, I still, it's a force of habit. Across the table from me, the Priscilla to my flash, Poissy Phillips. What is up? We're ready to host the show. <laughs> the show. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, back for another episode of 24 Flames. You know, you'd think I would. that would become a force of habit, opening the show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> for whatever reason. For some reason, opening and closing the show is a, is a challenge, but it's all good. Well, How are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. Excited for, the, excited for this episode. Yeah, did you watch the movie this week? No, I didn't. You weren't uh, that excited then. <laughs> No, I guess I guess I really wasn't. Um, no, um, I yeah, I've, I've seen Zootopia. Um, it's a uh, it's it's very, we'll find out how I feel later. Um, but you know, this was a when when I first watched it, I think I watched Moana first. Okay, and I was like, oh my god, this is great! And then everyone's saying Zootopia is better than this. This is gonna be awesome. Oh, so no. I came in with some expectations. So um, and yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll let you know how I feel after the after we mask off. Fair. Um, great. Um, yeah, I think um, we don't have to uh, uh, be around the bush too long. We can introduce everybody. Um, and so we're starting with the Roasters this week. And uh, she was just here last week, local Seattle storyteller. Find her on social media at Casey Rom. And this week, earning the power of self-respect, Casey Rom. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> Good. Welcome I, back. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I feel like I was just here. Um... Yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to roast. Bring it. And uh, <laughs> next to her, uh, local Seattle actor. Find him on Instagram or find him on social media at not Chris Evans, Evan Christopher. Howdy doody, folks. That's probably my favorite intro that you do. That's, That's a great one. That's a good one. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just um, wish I could get a power like hers and be able to find my own self respect. <laughs> it's inside. It's, yeah. it's inside. It's, it's inside. It's going to be a self-depreciative episode. <laughs> um, how are you? Good? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm loving these dog days of summer. Mm-hmm. I love the heat, especially the dry heat. Yep. Well, we don't have any of that here in Seattle. So. I know. <laughs> uh, 
Like I said, yeah. self-depreciative. But that's, that's, I mean, Seattle summer is, I'm, I've said this before and I'll say it again. It's the best summer in America. I'll say it. It's great. So I'm having a good time. Always. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I can agree with you there. Yeah. We'll see they, how, Seattle, Chicago. I'll we'll say see it. how far we go. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. That's fair. Because then we have stuff to enjoy before misery sets in. <laughs> <laughs> for the whole... For the whole winter. Yeah. Are you guys done talking about the weather? Totally. No. <laughs> um, all right. And then on the defense this week, uh, Seattle's resident nerd and furry, yeah. Riley Scott. Why, hello there, Robert. How are you? I am doing That's fantastic nice. today. You specifically requested to defend this movie. Yeah, I, 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 if I didn't defend this movie, then I would have to go and uh, hang my head in shame. I mean, I this is what I was here to do. I watched mm. this movie for the first time. After watching Deadpool in the same day, and wow. coming out of it, Whoa. my girlfriend and I said, I love those both equally for the opposite reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a question. Okay. Uh, what is a furry? I'm sorry. Okay. I don't know what a furry is. That's okay. All right. So uh, the furry fandom, or the furry community, is a group of people who appreciate anthropomorphic animals as an art form uh, in various things, either uh, traditional art such as uh, media, photography, videos, movies, uh, literature. Uh, it's just sort of a, a shared community of people who appreciate uh, when characters in a story are anthropomorphic. So animals that are human-like? Yes, animals with human-like characteristics. Take uh, Disney's Robin Hood, for example. Mm. Um, some people extend so far as to say animals that just talk work for that, like uh, Lion King, but I'd say the furry fandom generally airs more towards Fantastic Mr. Fox style, bipedal, animal people kind of movies. So, but, like, so, but Looney Tunes wouldn't count. Looney Tunes would count. Oh, would bipedal count. animals that are... Okay. They have human characteristics and they're entertaining. So either they're bipedal or have like some kind of human intelligence. Yes. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of. I've people... never heard it described that way. The more yeah, you know. I mean, just I've had yeah. to describe it for a lot of people various yeah, sure. times. I'm so sure. like the first one would be Mr. Ed, talking uh, horse. The first one would no. be Bastet from ancient Egypt. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> this is not a new phenomenon. That reaches way back yeah. in time. I, mean, I don't know if furries were that maybe old. Maybe Fred's they called him Mr. Ed. We don't know. Fred's <laughs> called Mr. Ed in ancient Egypt. Anyways. Right. Anyways. Anyways. A lot of people in the furry community for one reason or another have uh, alter egos that they like to d- commission right. art for. That And I am a tiger fox. So, you know. Yeah. I'm giving my foxy opinion here. Hey. Definitely mm. only heard furries referenced in the sexual sense. So it's there nice is to a, have another uh, more a background. <laughs> the, see, people get really excited when sex is involved and they focus on it but there's a lot more to anything than just that yeah. i mean i'm not gonna lie and say that sex is not involved in the fandom people like to do artistic expressions of various things but mm-hmm. uh that would to say the furry community is about sex is to demean a lot of artists and uh, a lot of uh, yeah. content creators that put a lot of work into things yeah definitely well it sounds like you've really earned your stripes you remember the fact that I'm trying to... All right, you know? All right, no, I'm not even offended. There were layers that to that. Good. There were layers to that. that he, had, he got yeah. you. He got you. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so we can talk more about that all on the post show, everybody. We've got we to gotta focus on everything else. <laughs> what we're here to do, we're going to talk about Zootopia. So, um, Riley, you've been here before, and as the defense, you first get to do movie in a minute. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, I mean, cheese and crackers. Um... <laughs> Um, and uh, so yeah, give us the full plot synopsis of Zootopia, spoilers and all, and I'll give you a minute, I'll give you a three count to start. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Great. And uh, in three, two, one, 
Go. Thousands of years ago, predators and prey lived in an eternal struggle against each other. However, uh, as gradually time has gone on, animals have evolved to become more human-like and to cooperate together for peace and harmony. They create a city called Zootopia, a city where anyone can be anything. Enter Judy Hopps, a young rabbit who wishes to pursue her dreams and become a police officer, despite the fact that her species is prejudiced by the community at large. But when a conspiracy to turn predators against prey and create uh, all sorts of interspecies conflict comes up, Will she and her friend uh, Nicholas Fox, uh, a young, a shady um, con artist, uh, find a way to cut through the prejudice uh, and unite the people in opposing the evil plot of the corrupt mayor's assistant, Mayor Bellwether? Will they? Will they? Yes, they do. It was great. great. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Hey! Oh, God. Sound. I, um, also, his last name is Wild. Yeah. Nick Wild. Yes, I'm sorry. I was... Oh, you don't get the sound. Take it back. <laughs> Cut the sound, Robert. <laughs> Play it backwards. Um, yeah. um, Rick Fox, who's a different person. Who's Rick Fox? Um, a basketball player basketball who turned player. into an actor. Is, Is he, he a furry? Famous for holes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. He plays uh, Sweet <laughs> Feet. Also the game. Whatever's but in oh, holes. Oh, she Sweet Feet. Oh. <laughs> um... All right, very good. Congratulations. And so, uh, now you get your opening statements. Why do you like Zootopia? Zootopia was a great movie. Uh, much like The Lion King that came before it, where it was a movie that was thought to be kind of the breather, sort of uh, like B-movie to the A-movie that was going to be Pocahontas, that was going to revolutionize the movie industry uh, and win all the awards. Zootopia massively outperformed the princess movie that came out at the same time and was a amazing boon especially among the furry community uh zootopia was actually uh pre-screened for furry conventions uh, they let uh fursuiters come to those are people who i'm not going to go into that they let people <laughs> in the convention come to the early showings of it mm -hmm. uh the creator uh actively talks with his the community um, on twitter to explain plot details and all of the work he did into creating the backstory has been taken into the by the fandom and has been used for so many creative works this has been a starting point for a revitalization of original works in the furry community um i mean uh, off of zootopia alone uh zistopia and pack street are fantastic works of fiction that have actually gained critical claim from professionals in the field it's a great movie and on all on top of all of it it's also just a great cop movie like it's a decent like noir-ish kind of buddy cop film nice yeah. very good okay so um roasters uh let's talk about plot I what know that was where we wanted to start hey what plot it's, oh it's there plot. was a plot was but a plot. i think you you very selectively picked out the parts that fit your argument uh -huh. because there is so much shit going on under the surface of this buddy cop movie. If this were a buddy cop movie, I would be on team defense right or now. A bunny cop but <laughs> it is actually a bunny cop movie. But the problem is that there's clearly a deeper message there of mm -hmm. like prejudice, which you did talk oh, about, yeah. and intolerance. But it doesn't ever really land on who is being, like, oppressed. othered, who's being oppressed in mm -hmm. this society. Like, you, we learn that the predators are only 10% of the population of yep. Utopia, and there's clearly, like, this idea of it's in their biology, they're savages, mm -hmm. and, and you even get that scene of Nick at the ice cream store with the elephant in, like, a 50s uniform being like, oh, I can refuse service to you. It's clearly trying to make a racial statement, mm -hmm. and that's 
fine. But then you also have Judy Hobbs entering the police force through a mammal inclusion program, which is clearly trying to be affirmative action, but she's not the minority. Like, I guess she's small, but they never really explain that. And they never explain, like, who's in power here? Because you've got a mayor that's a predator, but then predators are the minority. It just never, it never lines up. It doesn't make any sense. I'm also a little confused on that because it was supposed to be a mammal inclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thing. Aren't most of them mammals? They're they are all already mammals. mammals. They're all mammals. <laughs> so how is it a mammal inclusion if everyone is already a mammal? Like, I don't understand. They, I, I feel like they kind of were like, we're going to take a bunch of, like, known racial stereotypes and turn it into animal puns. Such as, yeah. like, you can't call a bunny cute. Unless you're a bunny. Unless you're a bunny, mm-hmm. right? Or you can't touch... Um, sheep's hair. Sheep's, she- yeah, sheep's wool, mm-hmm. right? Um, or with the sloths themselves and being... Sl- like, the, the sloth thing... Like I can understand how, f- how how funny it can be for her getting upset of like trying to get to the situation, but like watching it a second time, I felt kind of bad because obviously the sloth has no no control, you know, of how it's able to, and it made me think of like because I used to have a speech impediment when I was younger, mm-hmm. and she's constantly like finishing the sentences, telling them to hurry up, and so forth with mm-hmm. that, and like that's really demeaning and de- de- like. Oh, I agree. Empowering yeah. to him totally. when he's like, I, I don't have control over that. Yeah. You know? And it can't even really decide what message it's trying to send in terms of stereotypes because you get the scene with the elephant that doesn't remember anything. And clearly they're trying to say, like, hey, see, like not all ser- stereotypes are true. But then also the bunny has 275 kids and sloths are slow. Or, or you do have the other scene with the bunny and you've got the tiger on the, on the train. And the tiger just goes to sit down, isn't even paying attention, reading that. And the bunny grabs her child and just kind of like slides her closer oh, yeah. to him. Very powerful scene. Right, which to me is a little hard for me because I can... I, I kind of get what they're trying to say, but in essence, if you were to sit down next to a tiger, I think you also would be on your guard. Right, if you <laughs> as sat well. down next to a guy with a turban, you might scoot your child a little closer, right? Because no. Because he's kind of scary. Might no, there, there's a time. difference between that. Like, if How I had so? an actual tiger next to me, right, even if it's a domesticated, tame tiger, I would still feel uncomfortable having a tiger sit next to me. I mean, we already saw what happened with, with Roy, and his own tigers that he was around with for years, you know, and they still attacked him. I mean, that's one of the problems. Oh, you're that talking about Siegfried, Siegfried and Roy. Yeah, yeah. But it was Roy who was the one that was attacked. Got it, yeah. You just said Roy, and everyone would be like, who the fuck is Roy? <laughs> I don't know if everyone even knows who Siegfried is well. As well, also, that scene takes place after the Predators have already been, been going savage, and we know that that's, like, because of this dastardly plot, but the people in society don't know that. And it's like, yeah, I understand what you're saying, that it's it's a powerful moment and that they're clearly trying to compare it mm-hmm. to like, oh, someone wearing a turban, how would you react? But it's it's just not the same. Like this metaphor of using animals as people doesn't work because predators are inherently like that that is their biology. I don't think it's actually like right. a Muslim person's biology to be scary. Or a Muslim's person's full ideology to be threatening. Yeah, I mean within within the sense for for your predators in themselves, biologically and instinctually, 
they go after other animals because that is their main source. They are carnivores. That is what their main dietary needs are. Even if they were to go on the sense of being a vegetarian, right, that would end up on them possibly even dying. I mean, I know there. I know as for humans, we are omnivores and we can eat between meat and 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 vegetables. But we still need to find a way of protein for those who are vegetarians mm-hmm. in order to find, and that can be extremely difficult. And some mm-hmm. points, sometimes having to eat meat at some points if you don't have enough protein. But within for carnivores, they need to have meat. Like so, just meat. Oh yeah, no, right. They, and they they account for all that in the movie. How did how do they account for that in the movie? Uh, carnivores eat a mixture of poultry, uh, fish. And also processed bug meat is used. A bug burger itself is a massive fast food chain that is seen in the background of many scenes. Oh, so okay. why are poultry and fish and bugs not as valuable as mammals? Because they're not sentient. Wait. <laughs> Wait. In the world, they're not sentient. In this world, they're not yeah, sentient. Yeah. They're not but anthropomorphic. So they're like... This is a world where lizards, uh, po- uh, birds... And bugs don't have human level intelligence, so they can't be considered the same ultimately, way as, the, as, the, as, the, as all the other animals. animals. Ulti- yeah. Ultimately, my argument comes down to like mm-hmm. good intentions poorly executed, because there's even like a lot of people agree, and granted, the you know directors never came right out and said it, but that the idea of the predators being drugged with something that makes them go savage mm-hmm. is supposed to be a metaphor for the crack epidemic. Wait, yeah. what? Yes, yeah. absolutely. What, what, how, what, okay. The, so, yeah, in the, the, the sense this. of the crack epidemic yeah. that came out is that it's been, is it is it confirmed or is it still super highly theorized? It's super highly theorized. Yeah, they, but, they have a lot of okay. evidence, but there's not enough enough to fully confirm it that there's a lot of government, uh, there's a lot of government uh, interference. interference, thank mm-hmm. you, has been shown of them pushing crack in the lower neighborhoods uh, around for uh, mm-hmm. minorities, for them to get hooked on and to cause violence for it. Creating so that way, public fear. So they could go ahead and push their agendas and try and do that. Kind of in the same way of like huh. gun control in California when Reagan was in. He pushed for massive gun. He passed. He pushed for uh, massive lax on guns until the Black Panthers said, "Hey, we're going to go ahead and arm ourselves because we're getting shot out here." Mm-hmm. And then suddenly Reagan, who was once again one of the biggest Republicans, no, we need to regulate these guns. Yeah. We can't have them in the hands of dangerous people. Mm-hmm. When all of a sudden the Black Panthers decided to go ahead and arm themselves up. Well, and there's even a lot of parallels in the speech that Judy gives at the. Um, press conference about it's in their biology Uh and like the speech that hillary clinton gave that has been like re-brought into into the public sphere and she literally uses the term super predators and then our metaphor is predators yeah it's judy was in the wrong during that yeah to show that even that like in the movie they are predators that's so problematic here's, here's (laughs) here's the here's the thing uh zootopia a lot of the complaints about it are people who think that uh, when you do an allegorical uh, anthropomorphic furry movie, you do a one-to-one comparison. Like, oh, w- which one's the black people? Is it the predators or is it the prey? I don't get how the predators can be the... No, so what it is is it's more an allegory for prejudice of any kind. I mean, uh, Judy's narrative follows a lot more like one of those like G.I. Jane-style movies, even though we don't see any gender discrimination. But like you can kind of understand where she's coming from if you're in a job force that's predominantly not accepted people of your particular physiology. 
technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick deals with uh, some kind of uh, class sort of dispute where you can kind of see that he's sort of discriminated upon from being uh, from a disadvantaged uh, people, maybe lower income and uh, his mother uh, struggling to raise him. You don't see any of that. Um, it's it's not so much a, uh, a a racial metaphor as just sort of an allegory for prejudice. And I think that decentralizing it as instead of just being a one to one thing as being sort of a uh, something that anyone can find something to find meaning in makes it work a lot better and avoids a lot of problematic things. I feel like I can agree with you on the Judy part. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can agree with you on the Nick part. Okay. Only because um, I feel like. Once again, Nick just falls underneath the sense of predator. I mean, he is the mm. snarky, uh, cynical character that we have to be in mm-hmm. the folly of Judy, right? Who is kind of forced along into that because she's got a tape of him, right? Uh, a recording of him right. of doing the schemes because of for for him for his schemes of him once again of him being a predator not because of his lower class just in the sense of the sense of being a minority of being a predator mm. is what kind of caused him of giving up on people because of what was it when he was six they put a muzzle on him as yeah, a he gets no? prejudged yeah. constantly right and he and like that was i think probably the darkest scene in that movie that, was that yeah that, that muzzle thing however um and doing the research and i think you found this too yeah and i think you also probably know about oh, it as yeah, well about the original Originally, what they had had was that all the predators had shock collars. On. Oh yeah, and it wasn't if they got aggressive; it was only supposed to be if they got excited. Yeah, yeah. And the scene that they had for it is extremely grim. Oh yeah. Of uh, what they, I think they called it a taming party. Oh yeah. So it was a little. It was a little. It was. It almost was like a bar mitzvah. It seemed like a bar mitzvah throughout the whole thing. And then they had to read a pledge. I wish I had the words to it because, like, in the pledge themselves was like. Uh, in accepting this collar, you become a part of Zootopia. In taking this collar, you become a part of Zootopia. In taking this collar, we accept you mm-hmm. as it. So, in order to be a part of Zootopia, you have to wear this shock collar. Mm-hmm. That if you get excited at all, um, you would be you would end up being shocked. And I think they talked mm-hmm. about it. Like there was a, there was a couple of scenes where you saw Nick. Originally, it was supposed to be about Nick, not Judy. Yeah, he was the main character movie. in the original yeah. draft. And it was supposed to be like you saw the other mammals uh, who didn't have shock collars purposely trying to get him enraged mm-hmm. so that you would see him get shocked. So there was supposed to be the humor in watching him get shocked in that. And originally, in one of the drafts, uh, Nick owned what was kind of like a speakeasy where he found a way to jimmy open the collar and he would have predators go and... and yeah, he had things. his own thing called Wild Times. Mm-hmm. A play on his, on his last name, Nick Wild. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, right? The, the, um, the big thing, the reason that they changed the shock collar, uh, from my understanding, is that was really problematic because yeah. uh, the, yeah. the, imp- <laughs> the implication in Zootopia is that uh, the times when Predator and Prey actually fought each other was thousands and thousands of years ago way way back beyond like anything and now they're on equal terms and the um uh night howler uh toxin that's used to make them aggressive uh is specifically being used because there's still an underlying kind of fear and distrust that's being exploited here uh, even crack. though no, not, it's not like, like we're not going to go for a crack thing. It's not, and not everything has to have a one-to-one allegory. We don't need to figure out what race the giraffe are supposed to represent. What it is is well, crack doesn't it, necessarily mean one you're, race. You're distracting it from one thing. You're distracting it from the original thing. The original thing is is that 
it is something that's being used to prey upon people's fears and prejudices from something that may have happened thousands upon thousands of years ago. Uh, the Zistopia script, which is the one with the um, uh, shot callers, uh, is kind of saying that they require this thing or that it implies that it happened a lot more recently uh, and it implies that uh, people actually do go savage. But the whole point of it is is that people actually don't go savage. That's not That's not a thing. Predators don't actually lose control and attack everyone, but people assuming that that's what's the case is what allows it to have power and what allows people to prey upon people's fear. So is the so are you saying that the uh, the night howler right? That's yeah, night howler. The night howler poison is to is not to trigger. Oh yeah, it doesn't it doesn't trigger things. Because in the movie, it seems like it's just to make it so that it, they go revert back. to oh, no. thousands of years. That was an important training. point where um, Judy found out that um, she had a bunny attacked uh, attacked someone. It, the night howler right. doesn't revert them. It makes them attack. It, it it makes people go crazy and attack things. Which I think is just a cop out. It's not a cop out because well, if it reverted it, it's like saying, oh, okay, so there is a reason to fear okay, the okay, other okay, people. So if, if, if the bunnies had taken the night howler, and they, they would still back attack to being, everyone. Like, really feared yeah. and and that, like that, but that's not what it was. That's not what it was. They if did, a bunny takes, if a bunny gets hit with the night howler, they'll attack everyone too. And I that's see. that's an important thing is to like say crack. that people's prejudgment. <laughs> no, people's, we'll people's, make everybody pre- yeah. <laughs> people's prejudgment. Man, people really got crack on the mind. Yeah. <laughs> people, okay, yeah. People's prejudgment. I'm man. People's prejudgment makes it so that they are unwilling to accept other alternative explanations. Um, Zootopia is full of that. I mean, like the elephant that doesn't remember things. Yeah, but there's also the stoner guy that we assume isn't going to remember things actually has a fantastic memory. And even he doubts himself because he assumes, oh, you know, the elephant's got to know better than me. Uh, (laughs) One of the sloths was a street racer. Uh, You wouldn't assume that. Um... Nick used to want to be a like a cop, or at least he used to want to be like a, a a strong pillar of society and not fall into a stereotype. Uh, so the whole movie is about uh, not judging someone from initial reaction. Just as I hope you, listener, didn't judge me when I said I was a furry. <laughs> so would you guys think that the the movie would benefit from? I think. If you, I think the point of mixed messages was brought up. Mm. Do you think that it would have benefited from trying to? bring one more in the limelight than others or do you think that like by trying by like uh back to Riley's point like to have you know something that maybe makes you maybe it's just like it doesn't necessarily have to have the one-to-one it just makes you think about something like a lot of different issues that do affect society i think that could have worked better and and one of the things you mentioned that it seemed like judy's storyline was more of a like maybe gender issue of, sort of you know like women and that's how i read it as a woman watching it i was right. like oh yeah it's it, like it reminded me a lot of gij yeah if i tried to go into a workforce that was predominantly male this might be how i was treated but when you have that storyline next to a predator as maybe a racial issue storyline it doesn't allow for any kind of intersectionality there. Hmm. So, so like, what would a woman of color look like in this society, for example? Gazelle. <laughs> okay, Shakira. Well, Shakira. <laughs> well, I would definitely say that it, it's it's more like, um, like it's, it's about just prejudices in general to avoid uh, implications. I mean, yeah. you had the, the, the predators are the minority uh, in demographics. However... Uh, predators are also in a lot of positions of power and a lot of the prey feel victimized by Mm -hmm. that and i feel like you need to be able to 
make it... I think that the message about it being against prejudice and presupposition makes it better than trying to figure out, like... I think... What a woman of color would be. It would just be... It would, it would be someone who's disadvantaged in multiple directions in their field. I think I, I... I get that. But there were other issues that I had. Like, I felt like Judy was supposed to be this... this main character Mm -hmm. and main characters can fall and like your moral center can fall and i Mm -hmm. think it's a really powerful message when she slips into this kind of like well yeah of course it's in their biology like their friend right yeah even good people can can have shitty thoughts Mm -hmm. right but then like there's absolutely no follow-up or indication for the audience of this movie which is largely children Mm -hmm. that her abusing her power as a cop is like maybe a bad thing like she goes into a place without a warrant and just makes up some shitty excuse for it and like repeatedly does some kind of like iffy cop stuff and the year that this came out, that could have been a much more powerful message. Well, she did almost get fired for overstepping her bow. And I I kind of got to step on him for that, because if we're going to look at it for that part as buddy comedy instead of just for kids' film, that would work as for the buddy comedy for that part. Yeah, as buddy, buddy com- comedy, I would have see for that, but... For for it's having it being trying for, to be a woke movie. Though. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> what does woke mean? Like a, a um, woke aggressive. Yeah. It's, like everybody. I guess, I guess uh, very aware of privilege. Yeah. Stay oh, well. Yes. Yeah. What basically you're just being you're aware of of privilege of prejudice and of uh, basically systemic pieces, issues pieces of society yes. that yeah. need to that. But then there's that needs change. There's yeah. like. So a woke movie has to be humorless and has to. No, I'm not saying humorless. I'm saying that like I think it was irresponsible to allow a police officer to abuse their position of power and then just ignore it and have no like that scene. Yeah, she almost gets fired, but then she's still the hero and she like comes back and solves everything. And there's no like. After I don't know, it just it, that this no reconciliation. Movie, yeah, it just bothers me. It bothers well, me. I th- I'd say that um, this movie actually definitely shows Judy is in the wrong multiple times, and that's important to her character arc. She goes from being someone who thinks of herself as I guess woke. Uh, I actually I, I I've heard people throw that around mostly as a pejorative, and I had no idea what that actually <laughs> oh. meant. I thought no. it, I thought I assumed that, <laughs> I assumed that you know woke what? meant like you, like try hard. I, I didn't know what that. Well, meant. I've, I've, we're I all learning like, definitions. I feel like Casey's right in a sense of like Judy is kind of woke in this, where she says that she believes in it, but she has her parents because her parents are really high pushing on mm-hmm. like watch out for foxes and oh yeah the she, fox mace and that kind of stuff, and she's like I'll be fine and so forth. But when it comes down to it. When like when the chips are almost turned in during the second act, she falls right back into her parents' things of like, oh, oh yeah. I'm I'm not really. I was just pretending. I didn't really believe it. I thought I did. I think it's, it know? is important that to, to the movie shows that everyone on every side of the argument can be right and wrong about things. I mean, you had uh, Lionheart say, well, uh, the important thing is that I... By the way, I love J.K. Simmons. Yes. <laughs> the important thing is that I did the wrong thing, but for the right reasons. Yeah, that uh, was the mayor, right? That was the yeah. original mayor, yes. The original... Wait, who's, who's the... The, the assistant the, mayor the is assistant mayor the main villain. Of right, the but she didn't take over as mayor. She did. She did. She did take over once yeah. he got arrested. Because he was arrested for because the... For the Night Stalker. For doing the yeah. right thing... The, the wrong thing for the right reason. No. So, yeah. No, Mike, I'm sorry, I have another question. Uh, why did she do it again? 
uh, because uh, she wanted to, she was afraid and prejudiced towards predators, and she wanted to uh, turn public opinion against them, partially because prey made up 90% of the population, and she felt as though uh, they needed more of a say in things. And it, it, I mean, it, and it also, the, they have, I mean, the prey have been, in ways, you know, looked at, looked down upon by oh, yeah. those by those people in power yeah. for so long. The, and they need, and they need the public to fear them in Predators order suffer discrimination. to gain power. No, Everyone I'm, suffers discrimination. I'm, I'm sorry because I feel confused. Uh, so Lionheart, which was a lion, yes, mm-hmm. he was mayor. Who else was a predator in power? Uh, there, let's see. Um, uh, I mean, there were. There well, was, the mayor's a fairly large a, symbol. There um, were a cup. There were oh, some, Mr. Big. There were others on the police force. Mr. Big. Mr. Big, but the, he wasn't a public one. figure. He, well, he wasn't a public figure, but he was in power. And <laughs> everyone in power. Wait, wait but wasn't Mr. Big a mouse? Mr. Big was a vole, which is a predator. Bum, bum. Uh, wait, what, what Voles are predators. But what is a vole? It's, like a, it's, a, it's little a little mouse. Like, it's a carnivorous mouse like creature. What do they eat? They eat mice and other. Like other... the little lizards, things like that. Oh, but lizards, lizards don't count, so that's fine. No, they're still eating meat. They eat other hey, aardwolves eat insects, and they're still considered predators in Zootopia. Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. So if you eat, if you eat those things, though, you're considered a predator. Yes, if you eat, if you eat bugs, you're considered a predator. If you but, eat fish, you're considered a predator. But you're not considered a threat, though. If pretty much if you're don't eat a mammal, if so you're as long as you don't eat a mammal, you're fine. No, they eat mice. I think, I think and... the moral of the story is sometimes prejudices don't make a lot of sense. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and see, that's one of the reasons why I think for me, when finding out about the shock collar thing, mm. I think was a lot stronger. I think the shock collar would have made the story a lot stronger. It's sure a lot grimmier, and maybe wouldn't exactly be a PG or G movie for the kids, but I definitely think it was something as for Disney, for kids who were growing up, was something that could be much more of like, understandable well you know because i i don't want to I, I feel like this is a movie where anytime when you try to bring up the point they go like well it's a kids movie it's like i think you're you're dumbing it down for kids because mm-hmm. kids are a lot smarter than you think and i think in having it for the shot color deal that they had um for that i think also definitely shows in the sense of the prejudices that they have of that if you i mean I understand you saying like the thousands of years have gone by and that, but they obviously still had them as more of like a safety thing. Well, the biggest right? problem with the shot caller story is that they had going savage actually being a thing predators did, and the original thing was going to be that the night howlers did make you go savage, and then Nick would have reverted back, but he did. He was going to get hit, and then he was going to attack Judy, but he was going to not attack her because his feelings would overcome the, the the savagery and then that means by by changing the script from the shot callers to the current draft they got rid of the problematic thing which is well predators actually do inherently attack prey um, right the, the important thing that about the change is that well no it, it was someone playing on fear not oh they found right. a way to revert people to their which old which i think chemistry. goes back to casey's point again about in the sense of biology for that we have for this because once again that's just as being a big problem mm-hmm. again which makes it hard for it being an anthropomorphic film because even though yes it's supposed to be animals that are humans mm-hmm. right they're still animals yes it, they're, they're not humans they're they're animals mm-hmm. and so even within the movie they push themselves of these of like it's not your fault it's your instinct it's built in and so forth of, of it's of a, that kind of a thing and so when you when you hear that and you listen to it i mean we, we grow up 
you know, learning that outside of the movie as for like, yeah, that's what animals actively do. It just kind of self-reaffirms of what they go ahead and they say again in the movie. As much as you want to say in the movie, yeah, no, they don't have to. It just, when you see it in real life and you understand the food chain of what real life is mm -hmm. outside this movie, there is a little part that kind of, in a sense, reaffirms mm -hmm. right. that goes right back into yeah. that. There's a lot of things know? in like our own societies that kind of affirm, like based on our biology as human beings, as mm -hmm. male or female or whatever, Whatever gender human beings like that's also something that is affirmed by the laws that are made about us and everything like that is that oh you're because of like your biology as a man or, or biology as a woman that you have to do these certain things and there are rules that are affirmed and this movie I think you're so you're saying that they they do they challenge it or yeah do they... I don't think it I don't think it, it really challenges it as much as like to me that's why like when oh. I found out about the shock color thing I okay. thought was much more challenging and it kind of really did put it mm. in your face of like look this is this is something that we could understand of like we're forcing you to have to change who you are and not even give you the willpower to do that to make that change because we're so afraid of what that possibly could be kind of in the same way mm. of like if you're going to come to america you have to do these certain kinds of things, otherwise we won't accept you and we're gonna consider you illegal. Because like if you're talking Spanish in a Walmart or Is that based uh, off biology though? No 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 no. I'm 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 making I'm making my own okay. point of that in the sense of having a willpower. If they're gonna have mm. if they're gonna have a city of animals of both uh, predators and uh, prey, right, right uh, carnivores and herbivores, and we go through thousands of years millions of years of them being around each other in the sense of willpower of not attacking them because they understand the sense of social constructs because of mm -hmm. their own human and you know ideology of so forth that then it doesn't give them the chance for that and them having the shot callers is more of a safety precaution of like if you want to become a part of our society that's what it is instead of this one being like yeah we 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 give we don't have the shot callers but we still have a kind of a prejudice system between them and that we also... The, 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 so, so wait, your solution is to make it have even more points that it touches upon in Prejudice instead of focusing it on one? Yeah. I honestly thought that, I thought that they pulled back on it. I thought that it was more of a, as a safety type deal, that they were afraid of it being too real or in a sense of becoming like too, too dark and Disney being like, this is something that someone could get really offended on and being like, we don't want to have that kind of deal, kind of like in the same way of Song of the South. Because anytime that gets brought up, Disney gets really upset. From what I understand, it's more of they, they kind of got lost in their own message and just refocused things. Uh, did you have something you wanted to say? You saw raising your hand. Yeah, well, I wanted to kind of back up a little bit because we touched on the idea of this being a children's movie, which mm -hmm. it is. Essentially. Um, like, it's a, I mean, it, it, yes, it can be okay. enjoyed by everyone, but it's a Disney movie with a, a G or PG rating. Mm -hmm. It's PG. PG. Mm -hmm. And... I I think part of my issue with this movie is that it was trying to do the thing that Disney movies and Pixar movies do mm -hmm. where they make it marketable to the adult audience that is dragging their children to this movie but it doesn't do a very good job of it because I of like what? of marketing it to both. I think it's really only good for adults. I mm. I watch a lot of children's movies. I have three little brothers under mm. the age of 13. And, you know, this came out in around the time of, like, Moana and, and some of these other movies. And recently we went back and watched Shrek, which to me is, like, the echelon of 
targeting both audiences because there's jokes that just fly right over their heads that the adults can laugh about. This goes in a completely different direction of being like so messagey that the kids just get bored. Really? Yes. I, I liked the buddy cop comedy. I mean, I, I thought that was the... Um... That was the thing, and if you wanted to not worry about the message as much, it was just a kind of a solid two people working together to solve a noir mystery. I don't know. I don't. I didn't really see it that way. I okay. felt like the mystery was it like backloaded too much. Like they solve it all at once instead of kind of like piecing it together. Well, like, they solve it, but then they have to take it down. It was a multi-step process. Yeah, I don't know. How did I your did brothers feel? They were bored. Do they yeah. like Do they like noir and mystery stories? They, well, yes. the oldest one does. They're three unique, you know, individuals. But well, yeah. <laughs> the well, oldest yeah. one, the I mean, oldest your one brother does. Brother unit. There's <laughs> three of there's, them there's, there's, as there's one, no, right? No they're like base. a Doug But tree. you know, they're. Oh my god. <laughs> my my oldest brother, who was twelve at the time, immediately was like, "I feel like this was trying to tell me that anyone can be anything," because they literally say that like four times. Mm. And I was like, "Yeah, that's definitely part of the message. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be whatever you want." And then he was like, but then there was all this other stuff. <laughs> and he, he, he had a discussion with me, to be fair. Like, we discussed uh-huh. the movie in terms of, like, prejudice and different things. But he, he was like, yeah, but, like, there just wasn't enough of the slaws. Like, the trailer was just the slaws. And that was what was supposed to be funny and, like, lighthearted and childish about it. And was, like, animals being animals, basically. Mm. And outside of the sloth scene, there's just not very much of that. I would have actually... I think benefited from more of this anthropomorphization mm. and like di- like the way that Bojack Horseman just throws I it into every ep- um, what you are a furry and you've never seen Bojack Horseman. I also have bipolar <laughs> disorder and I really didn't want to like, well, get sick into a depressive what about, spiral. What about uh, uh, Robin Hood? I love Robin Hood. I watch it all the time. There you go. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Disney one, I think that, that's anthropomorphic. It is. I just I, think like, like interspersing that to keep the kids engaged would have been better, but it's like the bunnies rarely act like bunnies. The fox like sort of acts like a fox in the sly sense of the word, but he doesn't mm. do anything animalistic to really show that he's a fox. None of the main characters really, really do. Because they like... had a whole sequence where you had a little hamster tubes being used by the like little hamster businessmen to go through things. <laughs> you had the little conveyor thing to show. Just showing the mechanics of the city was the most fascinating thing for me. Like watching a conveyor belt bring a smoothie up to a giraffe. Um, seeing how, like, oh, this goes into here, and there's Tundra Town, and they have these giant, like, ice things, and that was cool, man. That's um, not what was memorable about the movie to What? Me. What okay, was well, memorable well. about the movie was, like, the politics and the the prejudices that I was trying to figure out. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. When I watched the movie, uh, I watched it from the perspective of a guy who was a furry, and uh, in a lot of furry fiction... Uh, sometimes people do things like having a one-to-one metaphor for certain like real-life types of humans. Uh, but a lot of the times, you create a fantasy world, and then you just make the dynamics work for that world. Uh, for example, like when I watch Lord of the Rings, I don't go, so the elves are supposed to be Asian? No, no, I watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you watch Lord of the Rings, and you go, okay, well, elves are like this, and humans are like this, and this is how they interact, and that makes sense within the story's universe. I think my mind's so. blown. I didn't know they were supposed to be Asian. They weren't supposed to be Asian. That's, that's the it's joke. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a one-to-one, Evan. I'm so confused. I can't tell if you're doing a bit or your mind actually got 
got blown and then unblown. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, no, but, the joke is they were all just British. That's right. New Zealand. The elves are all New Zealand. People from Manchester. No, um, are you sure there are Asians in New Zealand? <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. Okay, look, we're getting off point. Yeah. The important thing is is that... No, I think we need to dive into the no, dynamics. No, 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 no. The important thing is in, uh, in Zootopia, they have a... Like, they, they create a setting and they say, okay, this is how the different animals are. And then the creator has done a lot of work in making all of these different animals act like animals and also be people. And watching, like, uh, oh, the train opens up and it's got these three doors for the different, like, body configurations. And, oh, okay, so they have a whole fast food industry based around processed bug meat. It was really cool. And the original draft of the stories, the creators had all these cut scenes where they explored the mechanics. Like, there's a scene where uh, Nick visits Judy's uh, place and... Um, she has 216 brothers and sisters, and they showed they had a whole scene showing how that works in their house and how their house divides up all of its like duties and chores and like things like that. And it got cut because oh, it's cutting into the mystery story. It's cutting into the really awesome cop drama. And if you don't like cop dramas, that's fine. But uh, a lot of people like cop dramas. Law and Order still on TV. You know, not not to say that I feel like I feel like maybe this could have been better mm-hmm. if it had been ever been able to be more fleshed out. Yeah, I honestly, would have liked to see a lot I more. think that we didn't get to see enough of it, and mm-hmm. maybe either there the cop the cop drama thing mm-hmm. kind of got shoved a bunch of this stuff in, or they just kind of tried to shove the cop drama in to kind of like force these two characters to have to work together because right. Um, I I feel like a lot of the stuff that you're talking about is stuff not seen in the movie, mm-hmm. or it's like barely seen. Like I didn't catch. The fast food thing with the insects at all. I caught the fish market thing, which was to me was a confusing thing because I was like, why don't they see fish sentient? Yeah. Why don't you, you know? see fish sentient? I do see them as sentient. Oh well, uh, you're wrong. But um, <laughs> I have a degree in biology, and you're wrong. No. Um. Anyway, what happened? To- I want to say uh, that's not to say that there the, the future is wide and open in front of us, and there's room for a zootopia. I want I unfortunately want and have to cut everyone off. Okay. Because it's time to unmask. <laughs> oh Jesus. Um, but uh but this is all very grit very very good. Uh, <laughs> great and good. My brain We're is melting. Continue discussing an extended play of sure to talk more about where we think this could go, what is dense, what could be more dense. Um, but yeah, let's unmask. Let's talk about how we really feel, starting with Riley. Oh, I already, I've been completely open about this. I um. love every aspect of this movie. It's fantastic. Um, and what you were saying makes a lot, I agree with you. I feel like a lot of the stuff that they edited out um, for time constraints for making a coherent plot were really interesting. And that's why, as I said in the beginning, that the... Uh, fan reaction to this movie has been amazing because people have taken those little bits and they fleshed out entire stories and gotten the blessings of the creators over Twitter and stuff and it's just like this setting is awesome and I would love to see it expanded more mm-hmm. and I love everything that's been done yeah Evan I don't hate this movie <laughs> I don't like this movie I don't hate this movie it's I'm not going to say it's a terrible movie I'm going to say that it, it feels like a Frankenstein movie to me. Um, kind of like in the same way as a lot of the Cloverfield movies that have turned out to. Ow. Um, <laughs> because I feel like I feel like they, you know, like as, as a lot of movies go, they, you know, it starts off one thing and it kind of changes as it goes. But I feel like 
this is a movie that they had they had one idea for it and it kept changing and they're kind of like this is the way that the process in America is going right now we have to be able to hit on this and when like the shot color thing for some reason I really kind of identify with that because like that was something that for me would have been like okay yeah I understand like that is a hard hitting point but when they kind of were just like no we can't we have to pull it back and make it soft and that kind of thing I feel like they just were like treating children like idiots and we're just kind of like I think that they can understand that I don't like I'm sure it makes it grimmer but it doesn't make it like way over the top that they're not going to understand I think they're going to understand that quite quite a bit and I think that we're with a lot of child movies children movies that we nowadays I think we're we're not giving them the due credit of understanding things mm-hmm. or wanting to take the time of like explaining to them of what's going on because I think they kind of understand they just need help getting over that hump and I think we need you know we need to take the chance to do that you know I do that with my nephews mm-hmm. you know I think you know, Disney should be braver I think Disney should be braver <laughs> no they've brave got some sucks. money for it <laughs> Uh, Casey. Um, so I think this is a first for me on the podcast because mm-hmm. I either really hate the movies I roast or I secretly love them and reveal that at the end. Um, but this time I like kind of went into it not a big fan, and I think Riley might have swayed me. <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, All right. Oh, good. I was really nervous. <laughs> for the most part, I I I do think that the mixed metaphors can get confusing, but. You swayed me on the point that yes, it probably doesn't need to be one to one, and that if we if we take it at its heart, and what I think they were trying to do was say anyone can be anything, which was like the core message at the very beginning and very end of the movie. I think that works, and I also think that um, on both of your points, this would be a really cool expanded universe. Like, why do we have a Penguins of Madagascar TV show, but we don't have a Zootopia TV show? Like, yeah, you could literally. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this if you don't mind me jumping on your point just yeah. for a small bit. Um, I think what the creators are doing with uh, co- like allowing the fans to help create uh-huh. this universe, I think is an extremely smart move um, to help build it because um, it makes the fans become much more interested and much more involved uh-huh. as part of it. And it creates something so that when they go to make a next movie and so forth, they have something more to build on. And it does create something that I think... I think when Zootopia 2 comes out, I think I'll be much more into it because there'll be more to understand mm-hmm. than just kind of having everything kind of shoved at you at once. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, they were really smart to market this to furries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, make a lot of, we make a lot of fan content. Really, really a lot of it. <laughs> cool. perfect. Um, yeah, I, I like this movie. Um, I found, I, I watched it around the same time as Moana, again, like I said, yeah. and I, Mo, I think Moana's... In, a lot better movie than this, <laughs> um, but like this, Moana. yeah. But this because it, um, I think that this movie took that challenge, and it, at least it, it made something that it tried to balance for both for for kids and adults. And mm-hmm. I think it, it's in the Disney fashion. I think mm-hmm. they did a good job, yeah. and I just think it is interesting because you in a movie like this, I think that everyone can kind of look at some creature or another and find themselves in it in like and like how like like you're saying that you found you know the the idea of like the slots being kind of persecuted for that was the challenge for you and that's evan sorry i'm talking to evan um uh, it's it, it's you can call me slot it's okay. <laughs> is that your persona i won't do that um, but yeah so like everyone can find something in it to kind of see in themselves i think that's a 
think that's a cool thing to do for a movie like, like, like this. And so, you know, I, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought it was really fun. And you guys are totally right. If they expand this universe, it would be really cool. But I, I didn't know about the bug meat processing. I must have missed that, too. That process of bug meat It's incredibly stuff. sidelined. Because, like, have small... all of a sudden, like, now it's, like, Snowpiercer, so then green. Like, yeah. we're going to have, like, <laughs> I have some Snowpiercer. other part of this world. <laughs> I haven't seen Snowpiercer. Don't say anything else about it. We're going to have some <laughs> We're gonna have some other part of this world where they're churning up animals to feel like, oh, my God, like a horror movie. This would be, that would be kind of, kind of scary. You, but... you want the jungle, but for Zootopia? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, no. Um, but yeah, I think you guys had amazing points, and I think this is a really cool challenge. Robert, what yeah. did you think? Um, I love this movie. I think it's great. Um, yeah, I remember, uh, I think, so this came out in, like, March of 2016, which was, like, Democratic primary time of that year, and I remember the timing of this movie was, like, crazy right around the same time that, like, the Bernie Hillary primary was getting like super intense. Yeah. And I, re- I remember like watching this and that super predator stuff was mm-hmm. just like, just like flash bulbs going off in my head. It was just like, man, what timing? Like, this is insane. <laughs> it was like right around the time that video, that video of her speech. Yeah. That marketing was thing is good. It, it, it out. But I mean, like, well, I mean, it's not even that. It's not yeah. even, it's, it's just the like timing. Coincidence. It's completely yeah. rewritten eight months before it came out. Wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, so, oh, we'll talk more about the extended cast, but the production yeah. history of this, I'm amazed it's as coherent as it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I think it's funny that, um, Evan, you mentioned not seeing a lot of, like, animals being animals, because, like, on this rewatch, which is, I think, like, the third time I've seen it, um, I saw a lot of, like, animal behavior stuff yeah. that is, like, so subtle that you just, like, don't notice it. Like, the one that I specifically remember is at the end when um, Mr. Otterton is, like, waking up after being uh, given the antidote Mm -hmm. and his wife like does this like little slithery otter swim move up to hug him and like there's all there's a lot of little little physical things that everyone does that is really is really great that I really really dug in it and and this is like one of the few movies that puts the like like the headphones on the rabbit in the right place yes (laughs) (laughs) not Arthur <laughs> but um, but yeah no I like I like Arthur it a lot. is a terrible furry series no it's a good show terrible fur terrible furry <laughs> show. Good show great show <laughs> furries hate it <laughs> we love you Arthur um, but uh, but yeah I think that about does it um, yeah everybody thank you for being here Casey Evan Quasi the crew hosting and Riley uh, everyone that was great that was a great discussion um, and yeah we'll stick around for a little bit and do our uh, extended play post show uh, that is only for our Patreon subscribers so if you want to hear more um, I'm sure we'll be a little bit uh, diving deeper into the discussion where we were it's gonna be good um, please go head over to patreon.com slash 24 flames pod and uh, for the it's a, it's a low low price uh, you, can get all sorts of, you can get all sorts of other new two dollars right yeah that's the barrier to entry so the barrier um, to entry is two dollars a month um, you can get all sorts of cool stuff um, normal episodes a day early um, access to our drink alongs after they're live same with the hot takes um, and then there's other fun stuff that we haven't even gotten to yet because nobody nobody's ponied up that sweet sweet green <laughs> um, is there like a five dollar tier Yes. So wait. So if I give up two Monster Energy drinks a, a, a week, 
or sorry, a, a month. month. If I give up two months, if I give up I mean, two give rock- up two a week and give us that money. I don't see why not. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I give up two a month, that's even better. Then I can get access to a bunch of other stuff. How much monster Absolutely. do you drink? Just stop eating at bad least two a day. Every day. <laughs> Oof. Save a lot of money. Oh, oh man. All right, Evan's <laughs> diet aside. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, there's lots of good stuff over on our Patreon, so check it out. Um, and then you can find us everywhere um, at 24 Flames Pod, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can also follow Party Fish Media, Party Fish Media on Facebook and Instagram. We have actually right around this time uh, one of our network's new shows, VH Quest, is coming out pretty soon, which is a VHS collector show mm-hmm. um, hosted by one of our great friends, Ben Scott who's been on the show several times. Um, And yeah, uh, their first episode will be coming out very soon. And so check that out. There, You can find them at VHQuestPod um, around on social media. Um, And other than that, wherever you listen to your podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you can, subscribe, rate, and review, share this with a friend, uh, tell somebody about it, because that helps, obviously, it helps more people find the show. Um, and we really appreciate that. We take uh, feedback into account. Yes, we do. make the show better. Um, you can email it. And if you don't want to do it publicly, email us at 24flamespod at gmail.com. And uh, I will read it. Me and me alone. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Um, other than that, everybody, I don't remember what next week's episode is, but it's probably a good one. Uh, and so that'll do it for this episode of Zootopia episode. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.